0: Alright guys, welcome to another edition of the Provoking the Conversation podcast. You guys, you know who I am. Sean, I'm your host. And um, I got a great interview for you guys today. You know, my friend JKJ was able to join me. Um, Definitely got into some different topics. Gotta try and not spoil it. Um, Right now, as you guys are listening to this episode, we are currently um, going through the election the election is finished um it's election day at the time of the recording of the interview at the time that i'm recording you know um this little segment here it is wednesday november 4th and the results are still not in um there's a few more states that still have to be decided that would decide the election um so again guys when you guys listen to this episode hopefully we know who the next president of the united states is So again, I caught up with my dear friend, JKJ. JKJ is a musical artist who is from McKeithport, PA. Um, He's someone that I met in college. I'm at Seton Hill. And we've kind of stayed in touch here and there from there. Um, I really enjoyed this conversation. I think this is the best interview to date. So I'm not going to hold you guys too long. I'm going to go ahead and let you guys go and listen to it. Once again, guys, thanks again for listening. you know, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. That's really how we get judged as a podcast. And again, keep an eye. I may be contacting some of my known fans um, for some of your input and you may be able to hear yourself on a future episode. Keep an eye out for that. But once again, guys, enjoy the interview. First thing I always like to ask people when they come on just first of all, how you been, ma'am? How you doing? Where are you at currently in life? How's your mental?
1: I'm good, man. Just Working and making music, man. You know, focused on all of that. Um, I got. I work actually in the medical marijuana industry now. So,
0: okay, it's
2: an interesting
1: field I'm in. But just that and music, for real, for real. Okay,
0: how'd you how'd you get into the medical marijuana field? Uh,
1: actually, it was on some random stuff. Like I was up late night, like two a.m. because I have insomnia, mm-hmm. and um, I was just applying, and they actually happened to call me back, and I had to go through a couple clearances and stuff, but. I was, I couldn't believe I got the job. Bro. <laughs> uh,
0: that's, that's how a lot of people stump, stumble upon the industry. They're like, Oh, let me just apply this job. See what happens. I'm like, Hey, now I'm here. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Well, man, I'm glad, glad to know you're doing well. I know it's been a while cause we haven't seen each other really since, since college. I've been kind of following you through your music and we'll get to your music and all that. And, you know, I definitely got a few tracks in my my Spotify playlist. So, you know, I just want to say, like, from black man to black, man, I'm proud of you. You you've been doing the music thing for a long time. I know some people, they they quit on it or they do it less. But you continue to put, you know, album after album, song after song out. It's volume. But we'll get there. Thank you. Oh, no problem, man. So. In this podcast, called Provoking the Conversation. So I really just like to talk to different people, you know, talk to myself about different subjects that go along the world to really just try to get us to open up about subjects that, you know, sometimes hard, sometimes difficult. And, you know, honestly, just for people to get a different view about life. So we have a segment here that's called Conversation Starters," And I sent <laughs> you this. Um, there was a social media clip kind of circulating around and I posted it on my page too. Um, and it was basically a man saying, Should men get more credit for being, you know, faithful in the relationship? You know, Mm -hmm. that was an interesting topic to me because as soon as I posted it, you know, I got, you know, I had different types of women just flying in my DMs. Like, of course not in all types of different reactions. But I I wanted to get your view on it because if if I understand this correctly, you're in a relationship, engaged, you're engaged, engaged. beautiful thing. So what do you think about that just overall?
1: Um, I, yeah, because whenever you, whenever you send it, I was like, I got to think on this one before I like, mm-hmm. but honestly, um, I mean, while like, I kind of get it, I, I bet you probably had women like, cause I mean, you're expected to be faithful in a relationship. Right. However, especially with like, I don't like to blanket everybody, but with the typical stuff with, you know, men have a harder time being faithful. That's just period, point blank, mm-hmm. truthfully like for, for on a larger scale. So, I mean, I feel like honestly sometimes like I and I like I don't know, if you're you should be more appreciative. I feel like if you mm-hmm. have a man who is faithful and all that and I mean, yeah, it's it's kind of like how you know people say you shouldn't get congratulations for doing stuff you're supposed to do. Right. Like you pay your bills, you take care of your kids, you're supposed to do that stuff, but mm-hmm. the reality is not everybody does. So, mm-hmm it is something to kind of like go, okay, well you got one of the good ones. Like he's mm-hmm. faithful, he comes home, all of that stuff. Because on the other side of the coin, you could have one of the bad ones who's lying to you and all of that stuff. So That's true. to a point, yeah, I feel like sometimes you should.
0: I, I think when I first saw that, I, I thought first thing that came out of my mouth was that I don't see nothing wrong with giving your, you know, if a woman gives a man credit for being faithful because you know i can reciprocate that because you know it could go both ways Mm -hmm. um and you made a comment about it's a little bit harder for men and again i had some women kind of you know come back against that but here's the thing i mean i I think it can be harder for men because um there's some science to this men are Mm -hmm. genetically in their minds built to just you know want to hook up with women and that's not because we're just dogs that's because genetically men are actually designed in their brains to try to have sex with many men, women as they want as they can to spread their seed like that's just a science thing if people have ever looked that up or ever taught that uh-huh. um, that doesn't excuse any man that cheats i'm just saying genetically that's you know we're physical creatures mm-hmm. um, the other side of it as well that i was thinking about is Maybe it's not specific to men and women. Maybe it's specific to the person. Because someone like you, you're a musician. That means you're exposed to a lot more people than maybe your significant other. Mm-hmm. I'm a podcaster. I may be exposed to a lot more different people. Also, my normal job is in training. So I deal with people, females all the time. Mm-hmm. So that temptation could come up more and more for me than, you know, my significant other who doesn't work with people. She just works on computers all day and works from home so doesn't get to see as many of the opposite sex or someone that could be attracted to her. Mm-hmm. It could go vice versa. It could be me or her. So, you know, I just wanted to kind of start with that. that and when I first started to think about it too, again, on this podcast, I just want to say for me and JKJ, we do not excuse cheating. That's not mm-hmm. a standard. You have happily to be Happily
1: engaged. <laughs> have,
0: right. Happily engaged. Whatever. I'm not in a relationship right now, but when I'm in one, I'm in it. You know, I'm not mm-hmm. going nowhere, you know. So, um, just that to be said, but I thought that was interesting. So, kind of moving on from that. Um, talking about kind of your personal life. So, if I got this right, because I know it's been a while, so we might have to catch up on this. Um, you grew up in McKeesport, right? So, McKeesport yes, located sir. Pittsburgh um, area. And for me, I don't have a lot of experience in that area. I know some people from that area like yourself. I've been in that area. Mm-hmm. What was it like growing up there? Because some people who listen to this podcast don't live in PA or don't know anything about McKeesport. So talk about growing up in that area a little bit.
1: I mean, really, the Keysport, just like your typical urban area, I mean, we have um, a de- decent mix of people. I mean, not too diverse as white or black or mixed a lot really around here. We don't have a lot of extra mm-hmm. cultures and stuff. But, like, I mean, it's your hood environment. You know, there's things that go down, like, and mm-hmm. all of that. But for the most part, truthfully, it's like if you're not involved in the BS it's really not terrible out here. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and growing up, like there's like, when I got to college, there was this perception of a key sport and it was just like, oh, like I see that place on the news. Like I lock my windows when I ride through there, all that. And I'm always like, it's not that bad. They just make it look that bad, but it's right. really not that bad. So like when I was younger, I used to resent growing up here. Cause it was like, oh, we don't have a bunch and like, there's nothing to do. And Violent, but really, once you like come into yourself more, I feel like and like get more comfortable with yourself, and are able to think outside of what's portrayed to you, it's not a bad place for real. Like, right. I honestly would love to like if I make me some uh, millions of dollars <laughs> or so one day, I'd like to build it up here for real. For real,
0: yeah. So that's kind of me. I grew up in the city of Pittsburgh, so it's always been mm-hmm. that perception about McKeesport. But me going there a few times and actually meeting people there, I'm like they're just like just like me. And his mm-hmm. and that's the other thing if people think about like urban areas or predominantly black areas or whatever you want to call them. They think when you those areas are all the same like it's just filled with violence and people don't care about their neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not it's really like crazy,
1: that. bro. That point is so crazy to me because like I always like to point out like I know that they. Say that you know the hood's like a terrible crazy whatever but there's like a a big family and together community aspect that I feel like never gets talked about like while the hood may be the hood people like stick together you know I mean like people help each other get through like Mm -hmm. it's nothing normally your neighbors are like more prone to helping you out looking out for your kids if they're outside stuff like that so like Mm -hmm. hood gets a wild, wild perception but there's there's flowers in the hood
0: Oh, yeah, de- definitely, definitely. Yeah, and I think that is definitely an, an understatement um, in those type of communities because it, it, there's something that comes from being together where, from the outside looking in, people look at you different. You're like, no, we're, we're all in this together. Like, I live in a city mm-hmm. and I don't, I'll be honest with you, I don't really talk to any of my neighbors, you know, mm-hmm. but I've been in communities like that where everybody knows each other. I, and I always tell people, and I, I've been in neighborhoods like that with people who are not from there. They're like, you go there? I'm like, I'm not afraid to go there because, one, I'm going to mind my business. And, two, in most cases, these people are not what you think they are. They're just regular mm-hmm. people trying to make it like everybody else. So I think that's definitely, you know, the perception of that just it really needs to change. Um, yeah. And it's really, again, having conversations like this is just why don't you listen to the person and they talk about where they're from? And mm-hmm. you brought up something about building back up where you're from. And I think that's such a big point about people who do make it, do own millions, or even people who just end up making, you know, six figures or having a really good life. Going back to your community and where you grow up and enriching it, building houses, even just volunteering, you know, all these athletes they yeah. have camps from where they're from is something that I think um, in the type of areas that, you know, you're from, or just let me just say black communities, we need to do more. You know, mm-hmm. you know, someone like myself. You know, I should be still going back to the community where I'm from, where I still live there. But um, going back here and enriching people um that are here now. You know, young adults. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like if we did that, you know, people would look at it different. But you know, so on and so forth. Um, yeah,
1: I mean, like a lot of people when they get famous and they make money, they move to L.A., they move to New York, mm-hmm. they move all these other places. And that's fine to live in another, you know, but like, especially if you have an area that people already feel like is a bad area or something like that, and you know in your heart that like you've seen good come out of there, right. it's like, why not build it up and make it better? And, right. you know what I mean? Like, make it somewhere people want to come. And you can tell that story of how you it basically you help bring it from rubble up to like what it is. Like, mm-hmm. right.
0: No, that's definitely right. And I, and I think that's something if I ever, like you said, if I ever end up being, you know, wealthy, things like that, I want to be able to give back. Not only give back where I'm from, but other areas like that I know people are from that they would, you know, benefit from that. So mm-hmm. you, so I kind of want to pivot here a little bit. You talked about your engaged, which congratulations, you know, love is Thank a beautiful, you. I always say love is a beautiful thing. If you have the opportunity to find it and find somebody you're going to be with the rest of your life. Hey, you won half the battle <laughs> you know mm-hmm. the rest of it's just living um how'd you meet your fiance you know how did that story come about
1: um I actually it's funny because like met my fiance on a dating app
0: oh uh, so, so they like, do work <laughs> listen
1: i didn't think you know because most people especially like i don't know about you but for guys like a lot of people they use them for hookups you know what I mean so mm-hmm. like and I've never really been a random hookup type person. You know what I'm saying? But like, I also was like, not expecting to find love on a dating app. Right. But like, I we ended up like linking up and we went on, on like a date. We were down in Station Square. We went to the Hard Rock, the Hard Rock Cafe.
2: Mm-hmm. And we
1: just clicked. And um, and it I, like I said, I wasn't expecting to find love from a dating app. I don't know what I really was expecting to find,
2: mm-hmm. but
1: I ended up finding my person. You know what I mean? like. And she was from an hour and a half away. So like I didn't even know how we were gonna make it work. But mm-hmm. now we're almost three years in here and what uh almost two years engaged. So
0: wow. hmm Yeah, that's that's another thing about like relationships. Some people be like, Well, I don't know how to go make it work, but if you actually like really care about that person, you find a way. You mm-hmm. find a way. And it sounds like to me when you met her, it, it, people always talk about it. When you meet somebody, and you start clicking, you feel it. It's not so mm-hmm. much uh they check this box It's like okay you may not check all my boxes but that's okay cuz you give me something that's kind of intangible here um, yeah like bro
1: i wasn't expecting like to find to to find what i have now you can't you can't predict that no it's just you know what i mean it it, it happened and it was like i'm glad it happened like if who knows because like if i never used that app i may never have ran into her right but like and it's funny cuz like Our story, we tell people, is like, oh, we met at Station Square and all of that. (laughs) You know what I mean? Because they're like, you went on a dating app. And it's like, you know what I mean? Because of the the, the stigma that comes with all of that. Right. But, you know what I mean? It ended up working out for me.
0: That's good. It works out for a lot more people than what you may think. And the more and more, especially with COVID hitting, dating apps are on the rise, man. I'm not putting it to... I'm. I'm not fluking it. me as a single man. I'm not, I'm not fluking it You know, I'm just seeing how it goes.
1: Bro, even with that, not even just COVID, like you work, you know what I'm saying? You Mm -hmm. don't have a whole bunch of time sometimes to go out and meet. And it's not like, especially being an adult now, like when you're younger and you're in school or you're at like some little, you might find somebody there. But like as an adult, when you're moving around working and stuff, you don't really have time all like that all the time, unless you're going to a bar and how much real in-depth conversation are you having in a bar?
0: No, I'm having an in-depth conversation with my beer. Exactly. <laughs> and so most of the time like, you're with the boys. So you're not even, you just, you kind of just messing around. You're not exactly. really. Exactly.
1: <laughs> so, so it's like, sometimes the dating apps are, are helpful just because of that. Like not even just because you're bored and looking and fool around. It's like, I don't have time. Like, mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, speaking speaking of time, you know, we talk about how viable time is and how much time we have, but for for some reason when I look at your discography and all the albums you keep coming out, it seems like you find time for this music thing. Right? <laughs> um, so it, it it must be a passion. So kind of transitioning into music, you know, what made you first get into music? Cuz I cuz again, everybody gets different, you know, influences from everywhere. So what made mm-hmm. you get into it?
1: Well, originally, I was just, like, into writing, like, from real young. I was real always, since, like, first grade, was writing stories and poetry and all of that. And then when I got older, you know, I got into, like, the rapping with my friends around probably seventh grade. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we played around, rapped on my porch and all that. But when I got to college, I linked up with TJ, TJ Groover. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we just happened to, he was like, oh, I used to make beats. And I'm like, "Why well, I used to write, you should try something. Mm-hmm. And you know, he brought the studio up to campus. You know what I mean, we was some of the first people recording up at Seton Hill University. Oh man! You know what I mean?
0: Then everybody but, was trying to follow y'all.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it, it went crazy after that, man. But like, I honestly just the more I did it, just fell in love with like putting in the work and really working towards a goal and doing like what I really enjoy. Like, I love performing. I like being on stage. I really love being in the studio and creating. So I just was ten toes with it and now I'm like twenty-three projects in you know what I mean yeah. it's getting crazy I mean and I and I've done a lot like I've been able to travel I've been able to go and like meet people I never would have met and like influence people I never have ever met like it's crazy. I have people messaging me telling me my songs getting them through tough things and yeah. I've never met them a day in my life. So it's a beautiful thing for real.
0: It is because music is one of those it's one of those things that, you know, it's a passion. It's kind of like what I say, like I've gotten similar um, conversations from podcasts and like, mm-hmm. even my brothers reach out to me. So like, I really appreciate what you're doing. Like you're having conversations with these people and people are hearing what you're saying. And, um, and all you're doing is just doing what you love. You know, mm-hmm. I love talking to people and do these types of things. It took me a little bit to find out kind of my few niches, um, you kind of found yours a little bit earlier in the game, but once you find it, you're like, I could do this all day, you know?
1: Yeah, man. I'm proud to see how you've been doing with the podcast for real, bro. Cause like you really have taken, like taking it serious, taking the initiative. Like you're, this is what, like 20 episode 27.
0: Yeah. I'm 27.
1: <laughs> you know I mean, like a lot of people drop out early in the race because they're like, Oh, I may not be getting like, especially like even from the music tip, I might not be getting the amount of listeners this person's getting or this and that and they, they really lose sight of stuff. But like, I've always found the easiest way is to just focus on what you're doing in your graph mm-hmm. because you're, your only real competition. Like you, you competing with you decides if you win or lose.
0: That, that That's a very important thing. It took, it took me a little bit to get into that. I was like, Oh, not many people listening. Cause you know, on the, I could see all the, I could see who listens and how many people mm-hmm. listen, but I'm like, you know what? If three people listen to a podcast and it changes their week completely, I'm good. And I, again, I'm stepping into this for me. And I feel like this is what I was put on the serve to do, or at least part of it. Yeah. So yeah, that That's a, a really big thing. So you, you talked about your goal. Do you have particular goals for your career or are you just kind of saying, I just love to do what I do and I'm going to I'm going to let God or whoever take the wheel from there.
1: Well, I do actually. I mean, like I have goals. A lot of people, you know, if you ask them, it's just like, Oh, I want to make it. I want to make millions of dollars. I want to, you know what I mean? I'm more so like and that's why I've stayed the course like I'm more so of leaving a footprint here and I feel like when I get my break it'll be all the more worth it and I'll have like an amazing track record behind me already mm-hmm. for when I'm catapulted into the light or whatever mm-hmm. but like yeah my goal is really just to try to get to the t- the highest level that I can mm-hmm. and then eventually like whenever I'm Too old to be out there performing Mm. I'd like to like take an artist under my wing show them stuff help them to not go through some of the falls that I had to go through and all of that and really just give back because I feel like I mean people need that kind of information and mentoring and all of that like I didn't have that I didn't have Mm. somebody who was older than me who made music who was able to show me all of that like early on I did end up getting it with my man Palermo Stone but like I mean, you don't have that. You don't have people who willingly give knowledge. They always want to charge you for knowledge or show you. I mean, they don't want to show you because they want you to need them. Mm -hmm. And I've always operated where, like, anytime somebody comes to me with questions about stuff, and if I know it and I've been through it, I'm going to give it to you because why would I watch you fail if I know I can help you?
0: Right. That's interesting you say that because actually, um, a, a friend of mine, actually, you know, Kyle Taylor, who went to school, with us mm-hmm. he just he's going to start a podcast he was asking me what do you do you know and you know what it didn't even it didn't even cross my mind to even say no to him i just gave him the information mm-hmm. just saying here bro i, I want you to succeed
1: mm-hmm. uh, as much
0: as i want to succeed you know things such as you know um terry another guy that we went to school with he's do he has a podcast as well you know it's freely to just open up that information and just have it's like like I told him like hey if you want to come on my show and promote your podcast you know Mm -hmm. you can do that you know I I think that's a big thing because I actually listened to a podcast it's called um I don't know if you have heard of the Joe Button podcast yeah Uh, so Joe talks a lot about there how the music industry for a long time was really closed off people didn't want to help each other It was all about me 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 and a lot of industries are like that but mm-hmm. how much that industry has the opportunity to flourish is when we actually help each other. So that's the way I look at it. Especially us being, let's be real here, being black, we all need to help each other step up anyway, because of obviously um really we have to take care of take care of our own, you know. Mm-hmm. Some, some I mean, of like you get people get upset with that, but realize we
1: it. Right. like working together creates a network. Mm-hmm. So me and you link, you know, what I mean, and like we like us doing this. Mm-hmm. I, we leave from here and I push your podcast, mm-hmm. you leave from here, and you push my music link, those push our fans, your fans, my fans, in the two different places, they may not have naturally gone, and right. it keeps going like that, so, like, even you linking with another podcaster, like you said, promoting on your show, then y'all are opening both the, you know I mean, audiences to each other, and it builds from there, but, like, people want to be selfish, and that's that's a big problem that, like, especially black people have, like everybody wants success for Mm themselves and not community success. Like I always say, it's not, it's no good being at the top by yourself because number one, you don't know nobody up there. And then number two, once you, if you're like that top person, then you're expected to take care of everybody below you. Why not help bring those people to the level too? Mm -hmm. So you don't have to take care of nobody. Everybody take care of themselves and other people like that. Right, you know I mean, it's a it's a community thing,
0: like yeah, it, it, we we're all we're all in this together. Um, mm-hmm. like, <laughs> there's a there's a quote, Little Duval, he was selling shirts. He's like, F- for the coronavirus, we're all in this together, but stay the heck away from me. That's <laughs> I mean, we'll do this, we'll do Zoom, but stay away from me. Keep I'm gonna keep, mm-hmm. you safe, keep you safe, So, <laughs> well, staying on music, um. Everybody has a different way, podcasters, music artists, artists themselves who draw paintings have a different creative process. Talk about your creative process. How do you get from the beat, the writing to the project um and even to the promotion? How does that work? Talk to me a little bit about how that works, at least in your own words.
1: Uh, well, for me, um like I know a lot of artists especially like when my just watching my experience it's feel like ever since Lil Wayne said he don't write music, rappers decided they didn't need a pen no more, so they don't write, they just go to the booth freestyle. And that's why a lot of songs don't make no damn sense. So <laughs> right. for me, like, my thing is, I, number one, I like when a producer will fill my email up, send me a bunch of beats and stuff. And I really like to sit by myself, you know, I I'll roll me something up because I'm a smoker. and. I'll put my headphones in and just really zone out, block everything else out from the world. And that's like when I'm most comfortable really writing. Like I could be in a studio and make a song like while I'm there, but I really like to have all my stuff prepared and ready so that I don't waste time at the studio. Mm-hmm. A lot of people waste time because you get there, you may, and studio is not cheap. Mm-hmm. So you're in there for six hours, might get two songs because you spent three or four of them trying to freestyle stuff off top of your head and make it sound good. Mm-hmm. Me, I come in there and that's why a lot of engineers like working with me because I come in there prepared, ready to go boom, lay it down, you do your mixing let's go to the next song there um, go. so I do that and then as far as like pushing the project and all of that I'm really bad at holding music, mm-hmm. like I want to put it out as soon as they <laughs> send the email right. so that's been always my issue people be like, wait a minute, hold on because you see I got 23 projects man, like yeah, I'm yeah. trying to keep yeah. it going So, but like, once I put the song out, you know, I invest into promotion, like might do some Spotify campaigns or, Mm -hmm. you know, getting playlisting or Facebook campaigns, anything to push it in front of people outside of my friend network. Yeah, Because in all reality, pushing to your friend network is very futile. Like it doesn't really, after a certain point, it doesn't really help because your friends know you make music or your friends know you do a podcast. You got to get it outside of that. And you can rely on people to help get that link out, but realistically, people, unless you're begging and begging and begging or something, it's hard to get friends to support off that. So Mm -hmm. putting money into it, you know what I mean? The promotion and all that is something big that a lot of artists don't even know how to do or where to go looking for. That's why I get a lot of questions from other artists. They be like, how'd you put your music on Apple Music? And how'd you do this? And like I said, I'm an open book, so I tell people.
0: Right. I think that's something about the creatives like you and me that people don't really talk about is putting your own money when you're not really making money into it. Like for promotion, you know, for things like that, Um, buying even me just, you know, buying a mic that I usually use, you know, Mm -hmm. um, things like that. Um, Taking the time because the way just to give people a little bit insight, to get my podcast on the different DSPs. Anchor does it for about five of them. And then the rest of them, you have to go on and create an individual profile. So I'm on yeah. about 10 DSPs, but I do that for exposure. So so many more, anybody can go ahead and listen to me. Yeah. And the other thing people don't talk about is that, well, yeah, that's all well and dandy, um, but also about the money about promotion. Cause I, you do a promotion on Instagram and it mm-hmm. costs money out of my own pocket. And that's when, you know, you really are, you really actually love something when you're willing to put your own money into something where there's no guaranteed rate of return.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, and I don't think a lot of people t- I know about that. Um, and a lot of people look at you like, oh, you just do a podcast and they're just like, oh, it's all right. But to you, you put your heart, soul and money into this. But you can't look at people like that. You got to do it for you. You're putting the money in for you like you talked about. So yeah. I think that's just a really big thing. Um, you, you talked about you got so many projects out. What's your favorite project and why? You know, it doesn't, have, not your best, what's your favorite? I know that yeah. may be a tough one, cause most is mean, like all their music. <laughs>
1: looking at like the corner of my eye cause I got this big thing back here. Yeah. With all my album covers. I'm trying to see. Um, Truthfully, I would say either one of my Hey Young World tapes or mm-hmm. probably um, Poor Side Legend. I don't know. I had a lot of fun. um, Like with with the Hey Young World Series, that was when I linked up with Palermo Stone, and he used to be like Mac Miller's hype man. Like I met him on the beginning of like Mac's come up. Wow. So I got to be like my first show I ever did, I opened for Mac in front of like 700 people, 500, however many it was, it was sold out out in Uniontown. Um, I was in the Knock Knock video. Like he put me around a couple people that I probably wouldn't have been around by myself. Mm -hmm. Um, So with that, project and it was really just we ended up doing that project because he came to see Hill when I was recording
2: yeah.
1: and he was like I really believe in what you're trying to do so we should link up so like it'll probably be one of those or Poor Side Legend just because like that's what a project I did with my man Andre Legend he's yeah. a producer and um he just moved to LA a couple weeks uh, a couple of months ago now um but like it was just I started letting loose and having a little more more fun because like I had a producer who was also engineering me who also really loved what I did with his work. So we just clicked a lot more and it was something I hadn't had in a long time, like with, with a working relationship. So it was was probably those two.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, I definitely, so with with me and listening to your music, it's not really one project, but there's certain songs that I pick Mm -hmm. out of there, you know, and that's the thing too, when you're a, a listener, it may not be a whole exact project, um, but, it, you know, it may be certain songs in there. Like, I know I've shared a couple of your songs and a couple of them mm-hmm. are on my playlist, so. Um, and I'm probably going to, at the outro of this um, of this um, interview, I'm going to play, I actually, one of, I don't know which one, yeah, I'm going to play one of your songs on the podcast, so you want people to hear it. you, oh, no problem, man. Um, so let's go ahead and shift a little bit. Let's move away from music, and today's Election Day. We're recording this on Tuesday, November 3rd, Election Day, I think me and you both know, most people know that this election is a really big one due to the two people that are kind of up, but really a lot of people looking at the one person they're trying to get out of there, which is Donald Trump. Um,
1: yeah, this is doomsday.
0: Yeah, that, <laughs> that, that's what a lot of people are calling it. Um, but I always like to ask people this this question because it's not really about who you're voting for. It's about if you were voted president. What would be the number one thing you change in this country? What what do you think that would be?
1: Well, funny, real quick with that, I had a teacher when I was a kid write on a report card to my parents that I was extremely intelligent, like very advanced, that I could be president one day.
0: Mm.
1: If I could talk to that teacher today, I'd tell her I would never apply for that job.
0: (laughs) That job is nuts. (laughs) That job is crazy. (laughs)
1: Crazy. You gotta be a madman to wanna do that. (laughs) But, like, with me, I think the first thing that I would change, it would, I don't really know specifically, but it would be something more to the tune of trying to figure out how to make these systems more equal for everybody. Yeah. Um, I feel like especially, I used to not be, like, I'm still not, I wouldn't ever call myself super into politics, (laughs) um, because I felt like it really didn't affect me on my everyday life now that I'm an adult, I do pay attention a little more. Mm-hmm. Um, and me being a black man, I just notice how like, there's really nothing that they promise us to get our vote. There's nothing that they really even do for us to get our vote. They just kind of talk at us mm-hmm. and talk a good game, get the vote and then keep it moving. Pander. Mm-hmm. So it's like, and as a rational thinking person, not even just a black man, I'm like, okay, fam, like, everything else in life is a what have you done for me lately type of thing. Right. But when it comes to voting, for some reason, even though these folks don't do anything for us, we're still like, yeah, let's go do it. And so, I mean, and while I do recognize, you could sit here and say, I'm not going to vote because it doesn't matter. But in our reality, like, if you don't partake in the process, then nothing ever is going to change. Because this is the system you have, and you have to learn how to work within that system to make your changes. Right. So I went out and did my part today and everything. You know what I mean, if y'all watching this later, mm. make sure, I hope y'all voted, damn it. So right, I'm, I got up at 7 o'clock. I was out there in the cold and got my, got my ass up.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I think that what you just said is very big. Um, if you partake in no action, then the system will never change. Just saying like, oh, it's never going to change. I'm not going to do anything doesn't necessarily help. You're actually part of the problem then.
1: Um, yeah, because you're not changing it. You're watching it not change. Mm-hmm. What are you doing?
0: Yeah, you're, you're just sitting around here complaining. You know, there's something that um, me and you both played football and play, mm-hmm. played football most of our lives. And probably a coach has said this to us at some point. Control what you can control. You know, yeah. that's something that's a popular football term, but it's a life term. You, you got to mm-hmm. look at it as in, what can I control about this situation now to make it better in the future? You know, that holds but, a difference.
1: Real quick, bro. You, do, you, you, do you apply a lot of stuff that you learn from football to life? Because I do. Oh,
0: I feel yeah. Like yeah. A lot
1: of stuff, I'm like like, even with music, I'm like, I feel like a lot of things that I learned just in that have transitioned into so much in life. Like, it's crazy.
0: Right. Never would have thought
1: that plan.
0: No, uh, but that's. I think that's part of the reason why. Um, you know, our moms, dads, cousins, brothers, you know, all push us to play football when you're younger because they've already know what the end result is going to be. So you're going to get something from this that you're going to use for the rest of your life. Like me, um, football for me really one gave me mental toughness and two, uh, kind of a planning mindset, having a plan. You know, with my podcast, you know. You talk about your creative process. My creative process is that um, I got a docket every week. I pull from different places, from people I talk to, from social media, from the news. And I put that all into the podcast. I plan mm-hmm. when I'm going to edit. I already have an idea of how I'm going to edit this episode before I even spoke to you. Um, that comes from playing football so much. Understanding that you got to go in with a game plan. And if you don't execute, you'll get, um, for lack of a better phrase, go get your ass kicked. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, and people always, in football for a while there, when we were in college, it was right during that time when all the concussion stuff was coming out. So the mm-hmm. game was literally under attack. And what people were trying to say was saying, like, look, yes, this game is dangerous. You signed up for a violent game. There's, there's a bunch of grown men and people hitting each other at high speeds with helmets on. What do you think is going to mm-hmm. happen? Is there a way to make the game safe for sure, but just eliminating it or stopping your child from playing necessarily isn't always the best answer. I'm all for safety. That
1: would hurt way more than it would do good.
0: Yeah. And the other thing they don't, the other thing that kind of brings up since we're on football is that how many people actually get an opportunity through football, Mm -hmm. you know, you know, we, we talk about, um, urban areas or black areas, but a lot of people that end up can afford college because of the the wealth gap between minorities and non-minorities is because of athletic scholarships, which a lot of those are football players, you know? Yes.
1: Uh, Man, listen, you know how people always talk about athletes and them making too much money? Oh. It always burns me up because I'm like, this is these kids a lot of times didn't have no other opportunities to really right. make that kind of money. Right. So when they get there, I'm not mad at them men for trying to get every penny they can. Well, no. <laughs> because otherwise a lot of times they're the first person in their family who's ever had any large amount of money mm. or created any opportunity. Like, you know, those were the only ways we were able in certain instances to get Some kind of economic ground was to be entertainers, to be athletes. So why be mad at those folks? Like black people are still catching up, money wise. So like these people are first generation with money, first generation millionaires, first generation thousand, even just touching money. I'm saying, right? So like I always say, like sports is like it. It gives us something when we had nothing, because that's what you create. Like a lot of these kids who are now star running back, blah, 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 used to be outside with holes in a t shirt, running up and down the block because they ain't have no equipment to work out with. What? And they they built that, you know what I'm saying? So like that's an earned like, they they deserve that money.
0: Like <laughs> they do. You know, and they put themselves through a lot. Like if you've never played football, you don't understand the 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 physical kind of sacrifice behind it too. You know, in everything you do from football, podcasting to ro- rising up the corporate ladder, somebody, they didn't just get there by accident. They had to sacrifice. Instead of you going out and partying or, you know, whatever, you're in the studio. You know, mm-hmm. I know there's plenty of nights during a weeknight that I could be out doing something else, playing video games, but I'm doing this podcasting. People don't understand that, you know, sacrifices are necessary for them to get there. So when we get there, we're going to want our money. Because one, Yeah. Because one, like you said, you know, I'm not only getting the money for me, I'm getting the money for mom, for dad, for for little brother, little sister, my sons, my daughters. I may be bringing a whole family with me. And a lot of times, you know, with minority families, that's what's happening when they make some money.
1: Um, bro, like whenever, like, it's like, even just down to not even just necessarily them giving money, like mm -hmm. you making it. So say you make it as a running back in the NFL, you have a career. You have mm-hmm. little cousins, you have little brothers who see the same thing. You know how many, like, families there are of NFL players that have multiple NFL players that right. wouldn't have got it if one didn't crack it? Mm-hmm. But because that one believed in himself to do it, now little cuz think he could be it, the other cousin think he could do it, yep. and they work for that because they know it's a t- achievable. Like, when you have examples of things that are able to be achieved close to you, it makes you, like, at least think you have a chance. You know right. I mean?
0: And kind of switching gears, that's why I think such a big thing in the African-American communities are role models, you know, Mm -hmm. even if the role model is just, you know, Johnny from down the block who just goes to his corporate job every day, you know, to some places and some people, Johnny having that job every day is saying like, oh, I can be, you know, a taxpaying law-abiding citizen. So I don't have to be out here in the streets. Mm-hmm. And then, like you said to a lot of us is that seeing people we know reach the upper echelon, the NFL, millionaires, CEOs, managers even, that is such a big thing and such a big influence. Um, you know, so Very I just- Very
1: much so, because we don't have that. We don't have a lot of those. Right. Like growing up, a lot of us, especially like, you know, I mean, young black men, yeah. a lot of people, you know, with money, They don't do anything like positive for the most part. It's like they're selling drugs or they're doing this. So that's who's pushed in our face. That's who the closest to touch. Mm -hmm. I mean, so it's like whenever you get doctors and you get bosses and you get, you need those because then that shows these kids they can do more. I mean, instead of just what they're confined to.
0: Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And we, and one of the things that I, I think, me and you will do for people as we continue to move forward. Is that we'll be romans? You know, there's see you had to put out, you know, twenty something or thirty something. Hopefully, it doesn't take that long. But projects to get where you're going. You know, I might have to do 300 episodes of a podcast before someone says, "Hey, I want to have you on my network." But but that's mm-hmm. okay because someone's gonna look at that and say, "Look, if he made it, so can I." Um, mm-hmm. And I and I think that's bigger than than any struggle that we will experience on the way up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just want to close it out here. So we, we talked about music and wise, but I really want to know what, what's next um, for JKJ. What, what's coming up? You got anything cooking? You got, you got anything you cooking up?
1: Yeah, well, I just, um, I just dropped a project two weeks ago now, I want to say. It's called MD 2020. Okay. I mean, I had to drop something crazy for this crazy year. I mean, yeah. Because 2020 has been insane as we can, I'm sure we all can agree. Um, but really, I'm just working, um, you know what I mean? Now that I've gotten my personal life to a level that I'm happy at, um, just really working with that, working like and loving this new job mm-hmm. and really just trying to find other avenues to push the music further, you know what I mean? Um, that's just really always my constant main goal. I haven't, there's no give up in or quit in sight because like, once you, I don't know, I, I'm sure you can agree, when you find something that you love, that's a part of you. Yeah. So, like, if you don't do that, there's something missing. So mm-hmm. until, I, until I get to where I want to go or they tell me I can't rap no more,
0: right.
1: I'm going to rap. So
0: yeah. I always say, I say, they're going to have to cancel me. I'm going to have to say something mm-hmm. nuts, and they're going to they gonna have to shut me down, like cancel my account to get me to stop talking. Yeah, because I, until, I, until I can't rap no more and they take this voice box, I'm going to rap. Mm-hmm. That's it, man. Well, man, thanks so much for coming on. I appreciate it. And you know what, man? Where can I get some, how can I get some gear? You know, I want to support.
1: Yeah, you know what? Um, Hit me after the show and okay. we'll, we'll talk, but um, I do them by pre-order. So okay. if you follow me, JKJ412, all you do is hit me up. Tell me what you want. I got beanies, hoodies, t-shirts. You just hit me with the color you want and you know what I mean? I'll send you the payment info. It's there okay. within a week. You know I mean, and like I said, like, it's cool. It's crazy, bro. Like, in college, I sold about $2,000 worth of merch. Wow. And that was nothing out of my pocket. It was doing pre-orders, ordering them, getting them to people. Wow. So, um, really, with this stuff, with the, not even really with the pandemic, but I guess you could say with the pandemic, I, like, you know, people had to find other ways to make some money. So, mm-hmm. I just happened to order myself some stuff, and I was like, I'm going to put it up if people like it we'll see and man every other week I've had multiple orders I think I've done maybe a hundred some like apparel items in the last couple months during this pandemic which wow it shocked me but yeah I'm just you know what I mean if you want to hit get some merch you hit me up
0: I'll, I'll, I'll have to hit you I'll probably I'll probably hit you probably hit you on Friday that's when I get paid that's when I can yes, make some sir. decisions <laughs> yes sir. Well, all right, man. I thank you again for coming on. So, like I like I said before, I'll go ahead and I'll post this on Friday. I may tag you in a few posts before that, kind of promote it a little bit. You know, of course, I'll, whatever
1: you make promotional, if you make a picture flyer, I'll yeah. push it off. I mean, I'm like I said, I'm proud of you, man. Like to see you doing this with the podcast, because like I always say, we need people in every avenue. Like, yeah. we need people in every avenue. So, like I rap. We need podcasters. It's not yeah, just Joe yeah. Budden out there that got that got a podcast. Like we right. need podcasters. You know what I mean? Because everything needs a continuation. Like everything needs somebody that's going to pick up whenever this person leaves off and all of that. Mm-hmm. Like and that's what you know what I mean cuz I hope to see your podcast get huge and then we'll be doing this interview on a bigger scale, you know. What
0: right. mean? Hey man, I look forward to it. Well man, until then, I'll keep in touch, you know. I'll be in contact, man. And you take care, man. Be safe, man. Yes, sir. Make sure you wear your mask, and we'll oh, see yeah, how this election up. turns out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, mask. And uh,
1: hopefully this episode come out before the world burned down. <laughs> yeah, hopefully.
0: Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. I'll catch up with you.
1: Yes, sir. Have a good one, bro.
0: You too, man. Love. <laughs> All right, guys. So we just got done with our interview with JKJ. Um, he's a musical artist based out of McKeesport, um, PA. And um, I mean, look, these interviews, they just keep getting better and better, man. I, I can't thank JKJ enough for coming on. Um, and I- I'm not, I'm not going to talk to y'all too long. Um, I know y'all heard the interview. Um, I-, I just want to point out a few things. Some of the things you know, he dropped some real gems in there. You know, talking about um, going back to where you was and uplifting it. I don't know how many of us think about those type of things. I think a lot of us think about ourselves and think about getting where we want to go, but I think a lot of us don't think about giving back. So, if you have the opportunity to give back to where you was or where you were from, excuse me, um, make sure you make sure you do that, um, guys. Again, thank you so much for listening. Um, we, The one thing I I do want to say kind of in closing is that I know today's election day. I know by the time you guys hear this, the election will be over. I don't know if I have a decision, Um, but I want you guys to know here at the Provoking the Conversation podcast, no matter what your political opinion is, we do love you. I mean, I do. I can't speak for everyone else. I love you. Republican, Democrat, independent, it doesn't matter. But the one thing that we need to kind of take, I can love you, but we also need to love each other. You know, we may have different views on different things, um, but we need to be respectful to each other because we're all in this together. And JKJ said that, you know, we we talked about that. You know, we all are in this together. So just take a moment and think about that. Um, Like I said, I'm not a Donald Trump fan. A lot of people aren't, um, but I think there's people out there who support him for different reasons other than just being, you know, other than just uh, the nasty reasons such as being racist or things like that. So I think we also need to, again, if you listen to this podcast, you should know, should provoke the conversation and see, you know, what they're actually talking about before writing them off. All right, guys. So to end our time today, before I do my final send off, I'm actually going to play one of JKJ's songs on the podcast. This song is called Solitude, and it's off his project called The Golden Child. So go ahead and take a listen. And guys, once again, Thank you so much for listening. If no one told you today. I love you. Stay safe. Wear a mask. Enjoy the music. And always keep talking.